0: Welcome back to System Administrative, the podcast where we have robotic co-hosts. This is Brent. One three. And I'm Whoopsie Doo. That was J thought. Apparently he turns he's turned into a numbers station. <laughs> Why one three? My programming told me to say <laughs> that. <laughs> oh my god. Get out of
1: here. Um okay. It did.
2: <laughs>
1: don't question me. I, don't. I am
2: the co-host formerly known <laughs> as Faden.
1: I feel like we could absolutely question that. Do you guys hear that? Yeah, what yes, is that? what is that? It's
2: annoying.
1: That's the sounds of the switches on my flight yoke. And they're so solid. Did it did you, work? They're just did great switches. Does it work now? Yeah. Is it fixed? Yeah. Eventually I got off the call with the guy. I was just like, I'm sending this back. He sent me a return label. Later I got a second person to help me because it's a two person mm. job and it's fixed. So now I'm not going to send it back. And basically their whole thing is like, oh, you have to completely disassemble and reassemble it while you're on video with us. And it's like, well, you obviously can't tell now if I did it after the fact. Obviously. Well, they also can't hold you to and that because
0: of the, the Magnuson. Was it? Well,
1: well they also Magnuson. probably don't
0: listen to our podcast, so this confession is meaningless. Well, I mean, if it goes to court, I guarantee someone's going to find it. But you're fine because of the Moss Magnuson. You're good. Nobody's going to find it if, we, if okay, it goes to well, court, me, because look. you're not going to put it in the Wait, show Let now. me ask you this question. It's going to be in you the audience, it, right?
1: Yeah, but nobody's going to listen just to see, like, like did he talk about yeah, the game? You, you don't
2: know that. They, they might.
0: They, 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 might. Might. they, they might. could. They
2: absolutely
0: It depends on how you, serious you don't they are about it. It's, it's not
2: off limits. You don't know. You don't know. Okay. Do you? Okie
0: dokie. No, you don't. All right.
2: We don't
1: suck it. So the oh, right. is,
0: mm-hmm.
2: did you or did you not fix it? Does it he said. Work he now said it's you?
0: working now. Yeah.
2: Great. Because like, I was tired of you whining about it. What? Yeah. <laughs> it was like every
0: night.
1: <laughs> Do you guys want to see a video of me no, flying no. a plane? No. 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 We
0: really don't. So tonight we'll be talking about essentially Airplane. figuring out when to update software. The entire software management maintenance cycle that you should implement in-house but before we get into that did you guys want more pants it's a, we're only three minutes in no wait, wait. ask me what i'm okay. drinking we should bant a little
2: bit more. But yeah. Absolutely. You can ask him what he's drinking. We can bant about the drinks. Okay. If you want.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, Jaython's going to take like 15 minutes to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I have a yeah, story absolutely. to go You, with my you always do, just,
2: just get to the point of what he's drinking. So we're going to switch
0: it up because I, I lose track when Jathan goes on one of these rants. <laughs> Peyton and I are going to talk about what we're drinking first because we this take about bullshit. two seconds this each. Is no reason I do this is the And then Jaython. J-thon. It takes
2: us two seconds, yeah. bitch. Quit whining. I'm it's drinking, not just
0: uh, talking about your drinks, either. I'm drinking Guinness Draft. Peyton, what are you drinking?
2: Nice, nice, nice. I am drinking water. I got my COVID shot yesterday, and I'm. Mm. it's the first one, so I'm not, like, down and out, but I'm definitely, like... You feel a little nitrate, under the weather. So. Yeah, yeah just, just a smidge. Just,
0: just Kay. you know. Cool.
2: So, I'm drinking water,
0: and... And happy... Yeah. I, I said this during uh, pre-meeting, but happy St. Patrick's Day. For those listening, so it would have it- been... A week and a half ago. So you're welcome. Mm-hmm.
2: Jaython, do you have any Irish in you?
0: Yeah, no. Right. You
2: have to answer the question. Do so you want so. a little bit? Do you want some?
1: <laughs> Shut the hell up! <laughs> <laughs> you
2: <to>
1: can't <laughs>
2: <laughs> It took him. It took him a good thirty seconds. Did you to know we were, we're going to do about?
0: that, Jaython?
2: Yeah. Did
1: you know? Yeah, I had an idea. Okay. I, I you, you guys know. are pretty I don't,
0: predictable. I don't, I don't think you know? Yeah. No, we're
2: not. You couldn't predict us if
0: we let you. He couldn't predict his way through... <laughs> a 1040EZ. There you go. I'm starting to think of something really predictable.
2: Sign this line, sir. Uh, where do I sign? On the <laughs> this line, is, sir.
0: This uh, is a complete well, uh, shock and surprise to me. Okay. Now, Jathan, what are you drinking? So, there's this liquor store
1: in Boulder that has this weekly thing called the Sunday Special. Mm. So,
2: Brent, how are you doing today?
1: You doing good, buddy? And No, no,
0: we're, we're being fair. It here. is a one-day
1: okay. sale, basically, <laughs> every week on Sunday, and they have pretty good deals. So, mm-hmm. this time, we were already on our way through Boulder, so we decided to stop and grab some booze. Mm-hmm. And this, in particular, was something from New Belgium, which is up in Fort Collins, called Mountain Time Premium Lager. It's kind of like their take on like a light-ish beer. It's not super light, like calorie-wise. That
0: just sounds like goat urine. Well,
1: just just listen
0: here. So here's the thing.
1: So <laughs> okay, I only briefly, like, scanned the Sunday specials. I just saw it was there, saw it was a sale. I was like, oh, hey, Katie went in. Could you pick these up? Mm-hmm. So she came out with it, and it's a box of 15 cans, which is like a weird number, right? Yeah. Each can is, let me double-check, one pint, 3.2 fluid ounces. So 19.2. Two fluid ounces. Oh, and on the ahead. outside of the box that they came in, in big bold letters, it says, Do not sell as
0: 15-pack can. <laughs> so, uh... What? A, a, a 15... I'm sorry. Back up. What? I don't understand. Either. It came
1: as a pack of 15 of these weird-sized cans. They're 19.2 ounces. Mm-hmm. And on the box, okay. on the outside of the box, it says, Do not sell as 15-pack can. So I assume they're supposed to be sold individually or somehow else. But they turned it into a mm-hmm. Sunday special
0: so I have 15 of them. Well presumably they're supposed to I would guess when they're phrased that way it's because they're supposed to be available as sold as individual units. But if you're That's buying... If, you're sell, if you have a deal going on where you're selling X number of units for a certain price and the you know the bulk of that product is x number of units why wouldn't you just give him x or uh, give him you that's, know give him the the bulk package that's in. sure right
2: i i don't know it makes sense to me absolutely
0: i'm not a lawyer absolutely. but i feel like that's okay i'm not saying I it's i think the wording is there because they don't want you to not to only sell it as that bulk unit in other words, like they have to make it available to be purchased in the individual units.
2: Oh, um, that's a distinct possibility. Well,
0: too. I don't know. I'm just telling you what happened. I got it. Uh-huh. I
1: tried it. It's ultimately. Does it taste like goat urine? No, it's not bad. It's uh, okay. it's not
0: as light as like. Jathan, how do you know what goat urine tastes like?
2: <laughs> yeah, how do you how do you know what goat urine tastes like?
0: Well, I grew up on a farm. <laughs> Did you, <say> that you...
2: <laughs> Would you say that you I grew up on chosen a to drink goat urine because it tasted better than, like, the water that you had? What? Is that what you would say?
0: Yeah, I don't know what they would say. <laughs> <That's> fine, <laughs> okay. Whatever. Okay, so what was, for clarity's sake, because we took many twists and turns to get there, what was the name of the beer? <laughs> new
1: Belgium Mountain Time
0: Lager. Okay. New, new, new Belgian or New, new Belgium? Belgium? New Belgium. Okay. All right. Oh, oh.
2: It, it does sound like goat
0: urine. It, it do, like it. It sounds like a, euf- a euphemism for goat urine, wow. right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the whole like mountain water, like mountain time. It? That's all it's called. Mountain yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Why would you phrase it like that though? You know, it's, it's kind of weird.
2: Desert,
0: um, mountain. Let time the record show. Jathan has just signed into uh, Discord and has finally seen the gifts. From I didn't. I Hispanic just finally content. responded because okay.
2: he's had it open the whole time because goat just,
0: urine. Is that is that what got you, do? Oh. Yep, that's what got. Me. I feel
2: like you've said way weirder
0: stuff on air before.
2: Yeah, he had, literally. That's the way I like to duck, and I'm <laughs> a, I have a strong working knowledge of glory of holes. I mean, the come modem on, man. noises. He has said some, the modem noise, the VPN absolutely. Noise. I mean, come on, man, the VPN. Yes, all of his little quirks are add up way more than anything crazy you
0: yeah. or I could say. Yeah. j what noise does RAM make? RAM, not a RAM. Like, not the animal. Yeah, what
1: what, but... r- what noise does RAM make? Yeah, I just made
0: it for like a minute straight. Let's hear it again. Okay. It's, it's just... What is, is, is the box turned off? Why is it just silent? Dude, RAM doesn't make any noise. <laughs>
2: To VPNs.
0: Yes, they do. <laughs> no, the,
2: Have you ever been inside make make a about? VPN? What, noi- what noise does a VPN make? Nope.
0: It's <clears> loosely like that. It's loosely like that? Okay.
1: Well, I was a different level of drunk that <laughs> night. Oh my god. j I listen, I really enjoy recording this podcast with you. That's a lot closer.
0: That's a lot closer. There you go. Good
2: job. Good job, j Good job.
1: I don't just have I m okay. I don't memorize everything. I believe they were activity. I
0: believe they were boops rather than dudes. Boop 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 Yeah, that's that's a lot closer. Okay. So okay. Hayden. Can we insert the actual yes. VPN noise? Yeah. So it seems like I can just do it on command. Someone remind me when I'm doing the final cut to do that.
2: Okay. Hey hey Brett, when you're no, doing the final I cut in like, the VPN like noise
0: on the Friday night before release, remind me. Not now. Peyton, <laughs> what's your tip?
2: Yes. Okay, so in light of the April Fool's Day coming mm-hmm. up, my tip is to put a slash A on the PS1, which will be found in your bash RC, your .Bash mm-hmm. RC, of your favorite or least favorite coworker. You might be curious. The PS1 about the environment variable,
0: does. that is. Export right, right, PS1, PS1.
2: Yeah. environment
1: variable. Which is not the right. same right. variable that you would set outside of bash. Right, yeah, that's
2: bashed. Correct, yeah.
0: Correct. Although Correct. most of them use, I think Z shell uses well, I PS1. Well, did,
2: I did reference the bash, the, uh, bash RC, so that should yeah, be... Yeah, bash an, RC,
0: it'll work. it will be fine, yeah.
2: Yes, but that, the bash RC, the PS1 environment variable, a slash A, and Jayton, do you know what the slash A does? Did you read the documentation on what a slash A does? I
1: mean, I didn't know this is what you were talking about, so why would I have just gone looking for this? Because... I have the, a
0: prompt that I oh like quite well.
2: Because we told you to do it, and then you said, what does it do? And we said, read. And clearly you Well, technically read. you said read. So I said,
0: I guess I'll have to find out by trying it. Uh,
2: uh, I guess I'll have to find out by trying it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: I'm not interested well, in your shenanigans. What
2: a <laughs> slash a does is it adds a beep.
0: Or a ding. To your Depending beep. on your or ding. desktop environment.
2: It adds a significant noise to your terminal when you execute
1: a command. Every
0: command. I, I hope you're ready for this. Every command. Yeah. I'll try it. Okay. Echo,
1: let's just see what my prompt.
0: Remember to source your bash RC. Yep. I'm not gonna add it to my bash RC. Gonna, well yeah, make sure you do echo dash you should. then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the no, you the, should. the slash A is the terminal bell is what it's called. Terminal bell. Ding! Ding, ding. yeah. In in GNOME terminal, it's that. ding. It's a by default. So is it a backslash? Obviously, it, yes. Like yeah, all other things a. in Linux. Yeah, so I
1: don't think that was a great plan. What? <laughs> what did you, do? <laughs> what what did
0: this you do? What did you do? What oh, is this? Look
1: at, the, look at Discord. What is this? What are you
0: look at Discord? What did,
1: oh. oh, what did you do? <laughs> what did you do? You
2: have to put it before the, the dollar sign. It can't go after the dollar like, sign. Well, you weren't clear. Actually, know. dude. Oh my God, are you are you serious <laughs> right now? Are you, just Are you fucking
1: serious channel? right now? Okay, so I just did it before the what dollar sign. <laughs> okay. I did the same thing, dude. Are you pulling my legs?
2: <laughs> do you oh. actually, like, know how to do this? I just did it. <sighs> Clearly you didn't.
0: Oh, goodness.
2: Where's the... Where's the...
0: What
1: are you doing? Look at that prompt! What is this that you're doing, dude? That's my normal prompt. I just added a freaking (laughs) backslash a. There's no way
0: that's your normal prompt, (laughs) dude. Oh my god,
2: (laughs) what is that? That is is that is that sh?
0: No, that's that's. I mean, I would think that's bash. Yeah, it says bash, dude. This is a new shell. This is literally my prompt. Yeah, but it's not like. Okay, compare that where you type in the <laughs> command.
1: Yeah.
0: And then compare that to the giant mess above it. <laughs> okay. Okay, do you see? I'm not I'm not. We look. have
2: to we have to put this in the array. Okay, it's the same. Yeah, oh, we, we, will, we will. Look, I'm going to try it again. See. I'm going to try it again. No, no,
0: no. no thought, look, okay. It's printing I... out your raw prompt. is what I'm yeah. getting. Yeah. Right. Why is it doing what that? did you do? What are you talking about? What do you mean? What am I talking about? <laughs> oh, you mean, what did I do? Yeah, <laughs> I what, what did, did you
1: do? What happened? All I did was export that variable. Is that not. Yeah, but- in the middle of a session, is that not kosher for one reason or another? No, that's fine. I
0: just. Uh, like, well, dude, honestly. Look, no, look at. Change your the mess prompt it to be made. the
1: same as mine and see if it
0: no, is Jay-thon, reproducible. Jaython, look at the mess it made. I can see the mess it made. I can see the mess. Yeah, it it the mess. I, can see, <laughs> I the mess. can see the mess. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what is this is this that's, what you want me that's to do go- no that's the one i'm using as of late
1: i don't care what i want <laughs> you to do is set it to be the same as mine uh-huh and then i want to see what happens here i'll take it straight from my bash rc uh-huh is it because i'm missing quotes yes
0: it absolutely is because you're missing quotes
1: yes <laughs>
2: well why didn't you just say that it, it, because exactly. you didn't have to put quotes around it <laughs> how do you not know that <laughs> Jake, what on. the hell, dude?
0: I don't also make sure sh- you have to make sure you're properly escaping shit. It looks like you are, but I'm not reading through the entire thing just to make okay, sure. Okay, hold on, hold on.
2: <laughs> He's got everything in there right, but he didn't have the quotes around it, so <laughs> of course it's going to So screw. how do I tell it to like pick
0: Jesus. up my
1: new prompt? Just export it. I did.
2: Yeah, just export it with quotes. I did.
1: Nothing happened. It should be immediate.
2: No, what I'm seeing?
0: No, nothing's happening, dude. I'm echoing a command, there's no beep.
2: Echo it out to us. Let us see well,
0: it. it could be that your terminal emulator has terminal beep disabled. So what is it, set dash yeah. B true? Maybe, or it's set on the terminal emulator's end. There's like five different places where it can be set.
2: What terminal are you using, first of all?
0: Termite. Well, this well, is well, the, the shittiest means- tip ever because it doesn't <laughs> even work. No, it does. It does it, work, I guarantee it does on a stock install. you don't know console. how to fucking do it right. If someone has not customized oh their shit, god. I guarantee it oh works. Oh my god. All
1: right, well, this is stupid. Don't ever do what they're telling you to do.
0: No, you can do it. Just don't do it to yourself because Nobody gets really would want to do it anyway. What? Yeah. Nobody would want to do it anyway. So what's the point of this? For April Fools, Jathan, where have you been for the last 10 minutes? Jesus. It's it, Yes. Like, what the hell, man? Man.
2: How do you not get I this? I
0: don't Son. Whoever does this is, is an April fool. <laughs> Son, I am disappointed.
2: You're an April fool. I am disappointed too. I can't believe that you, of all people, can't figure this out. I mean, I figured yeah. it out. Yeah. It doesn't
0: do anything. It does. It does. It does. It just is disabled.
2: 1,000% yeah, Drop.
0: You know what? Drop to a TTI on some machine and do it there. I'm yeah. busy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're
2: busy doing all what? All right. Nothing?
0: He's cranking it. Anyway... He's cracking anyway. it on air. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. let's Guys, let's move on. How does that sound? Okay. Okay.
2: So, anyway, that was that was my yeah. tip. It was meant to be a lighthearted, mm-hmm. here's a cool thing you can do, but of course, Jaython ruined that. So, thank you, Jathan.
0: Yeah. Way to go, Jathan.
2: And we'll be sure to include these. Why don't you just play you around grab with that now. earlier,
0: Jaython? Why? Yeah. I, I didn't think you were going to mention
2: it. What? <laughs> We even said, "Brett, you should go ahead and grab these now, so he doesn't delete them or anything like what?
0: that." You know, the sh- no, Jason just the, don't delete them until I get them in the show. Why notes. would I delete them? I'm not embarrassed.
2: <laughs> I, I think you are.
0: I would be to
1: be. I'm sitting here extremely calmly, okay. with zero intent to delete
0: those messages. Okay. I just I did, did what, what you said, said to do. Okay. Well, you oh, did it wrong. All so. right. All right. Okay, guys, calm Stupid. down. I calm, mean, calm down. You Claire, calm down. I am. Calm Has anyone I ever am.
2: calmed down? When you told him to calm down.
0: No, but I keep hoping someday someone will, and then will be like, "Oh, <laughs> actually, one time someone did." Okay, so as I mentioned earlier,
2: so,
0: we'll be talking about software updates and upgrades tonight, as operations team, mm-hmm. you know, systems admins and sys engineers and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need to evaluate the software being used in our infrastructure maybe even depending on how small your company is maybe even the public services that your company offers go team go team why not go team venture. and in doing so sometimes it behooves you to Behoove. use a newer version of software and sometimes it doesn't so i'm going to start with jathan cuz he's got a lot of energy tonight he's super high energy jathan woo what criteria can you think of? What are some criteria that would determine when to upgrade a certain software and when to maybe hold back off on that? Okay, well
2: Now can I ask a question really fast before we sure. get into that?
0: I'm gonna go on by for software, a while.
1: Are you
2: yeah by software, are you referring to just software? Like outside of kernel or OS. I upgrades? think
0: I think OS I think that well, counts any... as software.
2: What I'm going to—I just wanted to make sure that that was. All oh right. yeah, yeah. That's because that's what I want to scope. talk about. Sure. Is like I—I I mean, I have some stuff to talk about. I mean, I have a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's in scope. Go, and he can ramble for like an hour, and then I've got plenty to. Because uh, a couple times I've had to say something, and you're like, "Well, oh, that's not really what I had in mind." Right? No, okay. that is that is. What yeah, I, I, we're going to edge yeah. bait now. This
1: episode. Okay, so <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like <laughs> so. Gosh, <laughs> the big thing is there's two things. So I want to say the first point that I'm going to make is not the only point you should consider. But mm. certainly an important one. Let's say we have CentOS seven and CentOS stream. Because CentOS eight is basically not going anywhere, right? We know.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's currently versioned to stream. And it Yeah, it's weird. Well, and it's, it's weird. But they're calling it. going into the light 8 before stream. CentOS seven though. Or CentOS Stream eight, rather, is what they're calling it currently. But yeah, it's going to yeah. It's going the way of the dodo.
1: So whatever. But anyway, so let's assume though you're thinking about upgrading from CentOS 7 to CentOS 8. Let's pretend CentOS 8 is not going away, and that's logically the next upgrade you would have.
0: Sure. Red Hat. We'll use Red Hat Rel as an example, then. Yeah, sure. Red
1: Hat 7. You're like, do I move to Red Hat 8 yet? Well, very first question you should ask yourself, let's assume, okay, CentOS 7, we don't have to assume, is supported through 2024. Sure. So it's not like you're going to lose security updates tomorrow. So you don't have to update <laughs> for that reason, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is that funny? Come back to me. okay. You'll find okay. out. Okay. Okay. So security wise, you know, you're fine for mm. at least three years. So ask yourself this question first: Will my software stack or whatever I'm actually running on my servers actually run on Red Hat Eight? For example, if you run a bunch of Python web applications that rely on uWSGI, mm. they're not going to run on Red Hat Eight because uWSGI isn't packaged for
0: Red Hat Eight because Apparently, Red Hat is trying to drive people away. Well, no, that's that's not why. But well, they don't have a good reason why. They don't. I mean, they are maybe a little bit short staffed, so they claim. But yeah, there's there's no real Big good deal. reason why. I'm short
1: staffed. I still get my packages built. <laughs> okay. Keep... Also, there are literally people in the comments for the issue who are like, "Oh, it's building fine here, like this." Yeah. Yeah. Like they could just copy and paste the,
0: but the anyway, spec, the yeah, spec, yeah. Spec. But anyway, so it is a little bit more complex than to be fair, but. But no, not really.
1: <laughs> okay. It's not, it would no, take something like an hour.
0: Apple it, doesn't support you know, the, the module they, system.
2: They read the documentation.
0: Yeah, they didn't
1: read it the documentation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they clearly didn't. So I'm pretty convinced that's why CentOS 8 is dying. It's because UWSGI is not able to be run on it. That's it's impossible. The, the only,
0: that's the cause of its death. And they finally so decided wrong.
1: to just throw in the tower. Like, if we can't get <laughs> UWSGI going, we
0: should not do this. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Wow. I think now, it might actually have okay. been
0: PHP that did that, in all seriousness. It's a little bit of a reach, the, but okay. They had a similar issue with PHP. So,
1: very first thing right there, yes. Make sure that your software will actually run on,
0: yep. you know, in this case, in my example, Redhead. Or you have a suitable and well-tested alternative, yes. I would say. As long as you have an upgrade path option. Yeah, That's, like, ground zero, like, bare yeah. necessity, yeah. And, you know, depending on what you're testing, there's
1: a lot of ways to achieve this. Like. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about a web application that's load balanced, you have three servers, maybe two of them you keep on CentOS 7, and one day during low traffic, you throw the third one running CentOS 8 in the rotation. Oh, like an A B sure, kind of a thing. And make sure that it's still, yeah, nobody notices a difference, basically. Obviously, depending oh, well, not on what you're doing, yeah, maybe, uh, depending on what you're actually doing, what kind of application stack or whatever you're talking about, that may or may not be possible, but it's one idea for how you could... Test without taking a full downtime or anything else. Right. So that's number one, is does my software actually run on a newer operating system or a version of Postgres or MySQL or whatever the hell you might be talking about? hmm Number two, though, and kind of what I touched on, is security. Are you updating because you're forced to update because you're going to be out of some kind of compliance because you're not going to get security updates anymore because... You're still using CentOS six. You use like five because of <laughs> <in> that sentence. <laughs> well, I am a very verbose man. but <laughs> yeah. I uh. All right. Because I can. All right. In that case, you might be forced a little bit more to make less than ideal choices about moving to a newer version. Adapt and overcome. And in that case, you know, let's say let's say this is really the example. You're on CentOS six. You haven't upgraded yet. Do you go to 7 or do you go straight to CentOS Stream or Red Hat 8 or whatever the case may be? Mm-hmm. You have to evaluate that for yourself. Which or, is going to be a smaller reach? Or which Rocky is going to last Lytics. longer? There's a lot of things. What?
0: Or Rocky Linux. Oh, God. Don't even <laughs> mention that. Don't sorry. give them the free press. Sorry. To our 8 fans. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Keep going. Keep we going. have
2: we have more than 8 fans, we, we have at least 9.
1: So. You know that's a hard question, and it's kind of the same thing. If both versions CentOS seven and CentOS eight, or I should say Red Hat, because CentOS eight really isn't going to be a thing. But well, it is Red Hat seven. It's a thing right now, but its end of life is like next year already. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. So if your choices, you're on Red Hat six. You have extended support from Red Hat. You know you need to jump to Red Hat 7 or 8. Mm -hmm. Where do you go from there? Well, if your software will run on either, in my mind, I would go straight to Red Hat 8. Mm. Because you're going to have to make similar changes either way, right? Like the Mm -hmm. init system is different. Package versions are clearly going to be probably newer. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to test that kind of compatibility. But depending, maybe that won't be a reach that you can make. So then you're kind of forced. Okay, well, we're going to go from Red Hat 6 to Red Hat 7. But in any case, you have to make the choice because of a security reason, right? You're not going to be able to get updates for Red Hat 6 anymore. You're, you know, somebody in your your compliance department says, look, we got to update these. There's no other choice. You guys figure it out. Like, that's the thing that happens. So those are just two things to consider about when it's time to update in my mind. Yeah. Like, in my mind, if let's just say, hypothetically, we're on Red Hat 8 now, and in two years, Red Hat 9 is coming through the pipes... Well, if Red Hat 9, right out of the box, supports my application and and what I'm doing... You might want to hold off. Well, no, I could start thinking about it any time. I think sooner Mm -hmm. is better to start planning, at least.
0: Okay. But if there's
1: a reason that you couldn't update immediately because something isn't supported on Red Hat 9 yet, well then, obviously, don't invest any time in it. See where Red Hat 9 development goes over the next year or two after that. That's Mm -hmm. my opinion. I would rather be ahead of the curve than behind, because if you do run into any issues you still got time before you are out of some kind of security updates. But, the sooner the better because it just puts the problem further down the road of having to do
0: it again. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Okay. Hayden, what, what thoughts do you have on this?
2: So, here's the thing. I run SLES 11 mm-hmm. which is like 15 years old.
0: I, well, and I think it's only the, like 5, but yeah.
2: No, no, no. SLES? Okay. The SLES 11 is... It's much older than you think it is. Oh, no. I know, I know it's old, but... But I, I, I don't Yeah. Know. The point is not the age of the of the, mm-hmm. the point is that it's been end of
0: life for a while now, and... Oh, holy shit. We're no, you're right. Celeste 11 came out August 31st, 2000. Nope. Nope. 2000.
1: No, 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 no. Nope. Yes. SUSE Linux Enterprise Server 11 was released on March 24th, 2009. What are you talking about? SUSE Enterprise Linux came out in 2000. Okay. 11 okay. came okay. out in 2009. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 okay. you're right. The, the, I, yeah, the, Google's
0: wrong. The, the
2: point is not that. The point is that we're it's paying old as for shit. LTSS. Yeah. Yeah. It's still is. Yeah. It's old as shit, and we're paying for LTSS. We're paying uh-huh. for a long-term support of an OS that doesn't even have, like, I don't even want to get into it. Like, it's so old that all the new stuff that kernels are doing, it can't do because it doesn't have the kernels. Mm -hmm. Like, we just got a kernel update this last patch Tuesday, and we haven't had one in, like, six months. Mm -hmm. My point is, we made, we were going to try to go to SLES-12, which had SystemD, it had the new kernel, everything. Something happened, I'm I'm not sure what, and so they decided we're going to try Debian. Mm. So they tried Debian 7, which then, it is. You go from RPN to Deps and some other stuff, and and I'm not a big fan of Debian, Mm. and... They did Debian 7 and then that end of life. And then they did Debian 8 and that ended of life. And the decision was then made, well, let's go with RHEL. Mm. So they did RHEL 7 and then that, they're like, wait a minute, we should do Rel 8 mm-hmm. so we can stay ahead of the curve. And so now we're doing Rel 8. So I guess my whole point is if you're paying extra money for your OS to have extended support, make sure that it's actually doing things you want to be able to do right. and you're not just holding right. onto to a crippled economy because you think it's better i mean we were supposed to be switched over to rel like last year obviously covid hit and that didn't help right. but now we're doing all these migrations and it's not going as smoothly or as easily you wish it, you started earlier had,
0: basically right yeah right
2: if we had started this time if we had started this time two years ago we would not be like SLES eleven is gonna the LTSS is gonna expire this year, mm-hmm. so like we're in a major time crunch. We have like six or eight months, I think, to be able to get to the point where we're not on SLES on on a critical system. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's minimal testing as far as I can tell going mm-hmm. on for some of these these apps that are going into RHEL. We still don't have like file system sizes figured out. Users too small. You know, like, just, it's, we're like shotgun blasting it out there. Right. And my whole take on this is, we should have figured out a baseline for everything, determined it was good, like, two years ago, and then started doing, like, piecemeal move-outs, migrations, whatever, mm-hmm. instead of just, okay, here's our base image. Is it good? and eh, we'll figure it out. Mm. What the hell, you know? Like, it's just whack, man. It's, it's just whack. And then... They're actually talking about taking... So we have a lot of JBoss Java applications. And they're talking about taking... Like they have servers that have one or two on them now. And they're going to make them have like five or six. Oh, like consolidation. So we're going to see... Yeah, but these apps run so... I, I just can't. I can't. I can't talk about it. Mm. I just... It's... it's You're having it a hard decisions time. decisions being made that... Yeah, it's decisions being made that ultimately I think are going to be bad for everybody involved because now the developers are going to get yelled at because apps are running slow or crashing and then we're going to get yelled at because apps are slow and crashing and we're going to have to go back to developers and they're going to come back to the people and it's just going to be a whole lot of blame game when if we had ideally not had a, a pandemic to deal with we could have I don't know I feel like we could have done it better yeah. but anyway I digress I, I, I feel like you know there. You don't necessarily need like a committee or a group or whatever, but you really should go through and, you know, just verify that your systems are working the way they should be. Like, check your logs. Like, we had a, a deal. We had this application that Java, an update to Java, broke the workaround they were using in an older version of Java. And they told me, okay, you can't update past this version because we don't want to fix the workaround we wrote to work with this new version of Java. And I'm just like, okay, like that doesn't make sense to me, you know, mm. like fix your shit, you know, fix the problem so that we can keep, we can update the version of Java we need to update because otherwise you're talking about vulnerabilities, you know, you're talking about security holes, you're talking about exploits, like, like it's just not conducive to me to not be able to update stuff or make sure it works right. Mm. That's my take. That's my take.
0: So it's kind of a, a juggling game, right? because yeah. with yeah. each release that you want to deploy ideally you mm-hmm. should be testing it right well sure and sure. you do
2: you have dev you have test you have stage right. you have right.
0: and ideally like you should <sighs> i don't know like you have to kind of look you risk analysis basically right like if something right. something can go wrong so we have to factor that in like how valuable is this update is it something we need You know, and end-of-life is a perfectly valid justification for risk. I think that's probably the strongest one. I'd probably say end-of-lifing is is the driving force of most updates in the commercial side of the world. Yeah. And you also kind of have to think about, I guess, like, there are a lot of unknowns anytime you update software, right? Because as you normally operate, if a bug is encountered, you know about that bug, and you've been collecting this sort of I guess it's like an experiential validation of yeah. the version you're currently on for years or months or whatever. And then you have this new version where you have zero experiential trust in it. You know, it's all and it's all implicit trust. So that is something that plays into it into that risk benefit analysis as well. And yeah, Jethan, as you were mentioning, it is great and it is nice to be ahead of the curve. But there's a severe cost sometimes involved in keeping ahead of the curve. So you kind of have to be strategic about it where you want to slingshot a little bit. And that's basically the, the philosophy with, behind LTS releases, right? Is like it's staggered. So you have one release, and that's that EOLs after the release of another LTS. So then that gives you time to test in your testing environment these intermittent releases between those ltss so you know kind of what changes you might need to make to your in-house infrastructure software you know your in-house developed software stuff like that and then that gets you in a position where you you can say with a reasonable amount of confidence not 100% confidence but reasonable that you're like okay yes on this next lts release we are going to be able to migrate because otherwise like depending on how complex things are you're going to be testing, and by the time you're done testing, the next release is, is out, the, the next non-LTS release. So right. LTS in that aspect does have a significant amount of value, I would say.
2: Sure. I mean, my issue is not necessarily that we're on LTS and it's going to expire soon. Mm-hmm. My issue is that we've been on LTS for far too long, and we're stuck now, or at least we were, we were stuck on a system that had no, we couldn't grow with it like yeah we had our server builds down yeah we had all this down but i mean we weren't getting anything but you know
0: i think i'm suggesting major security i think i'm suggesting the opposite philosophy there where it's okay if you're not if it's okay however long you're on an lts release as long as number Mm -hmm. one it works that's the most important sure and number two it's not eol that's the thing you really need to be concerned about i think that should be yeah. that should be like your your driving decision, yeah. I would say. But
2: Well when we deployed Debian, I can I think we did Debian seven mm-hmm. right off the bat.
0: They have a shorter EOL and window than Celeste, right?
2: They do yeah. they do. It was it was quick. I think it was like two years or whatever. Yeah. And as soon as we deployed it, this was when Forge was working on this. He's like, Hey, uh seven's EOLing, and we're like, okay. Or the plat office was like, Okay, and so they did eight, and then all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute. Actually, eight EOLing, too. Mm-hmm. Like, and we haven't even finished testing. Yeah. And we haven't even finished testing. And I was like, well, okay. And so it was this weird... You know, we were going to do Debian. Now we're going to... Oh, what are we... Like There were CentOS going around, other stuff. And finally, they settled on RHEL. And it's just like... I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. If it works, don't change it. But right. You're also getting to a point where what security updates can you actually get now at this point? Right. And for what it's worth, I I think
0: with, in your particular company's instance, this isn't going to be true for every company, but Mm -hmm, in your company's instance, I think RHEL was the correct choice. Oh yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, it's a modern OS. It has SystemD in it, which I know SystemD has its haters, but the boot up times are so much faster. Well, even more, I mean, Debian has
0: all that, but what RHEL has that Debian Mm -hmm. doesn't yeah. is number one, enterprise support, which you guys are mm-hmm. absolutely going to need to rely on. They have yeah. formal SLAs bound by contract. Right, they right, have, right, right. you know, there is an accountable accountability partner there. You have a lot yeah, of benefits I, I with RHEL that yeah. you don't have with Debian in your context. And right with the kind of longer life cycle that you have your deployments in, they mm-hmm. do offer extended support for that. Whereas Debian, once it EOLs, it's done. You know, it's gone. Yeah, that's that's so. That's what
2: we determined was. Yeah, yeah, there were like there literally. I was uh, I was going to patch a patch of Debian seven or eight system, and it was EOL, and there were no packages at all whatsoever. Yeah. Like it was nothing. Yeah, so
0: that's like
2: I think there, I think it said that there might have been like, like a bug fix. Yeah, but not <laughs> you know. Yeah. it wasn't going to be like kernel patches or whatever. Yeah, when when so, they say uh, they, they told, are they're archiving, they the teams, mean it. Like, nope. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they they are serious about it.
0: So there is no real really, forward path yeah. for your company in that in that sense. And I mean,
2: don't get me wrong. I am perfectly fine with staying with something that works. Mm-hmm. Like you said, if it works, it works. Stay with it until it's EOL. Once it's EOL, okay, bye, see ya. Yeah. You know, that, that makes perfect and total honest sense. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I think the issue that I have more than anything else is that we were starting to get, you know, stuck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. you can't... I feel like you couldn't write good software for what we currently have. Mm. You know, like it wasn't going to be as sustainable. And then this whole Oracle licensing issue popped yeah. up. So, I mean... <laughs> yeah,
0: that that's a thing.
2: So, I guess I just want... I guess my whole thing is just... I agree with you. If it works, it works. Try not to run it until it's EOL. Like Try to try to move to something else before it EOLs. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's no... There's no reason to, to push off of, CentOS seven. Like if you're on CentOS seven, there's no reason to push off of CentOS seven, you know, or Sles eleven mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Unless it doesn't Continue. work
0: for you or it EOL. Unless it doesn't yeah. work for you, yeah, I would say those are or the two EOLs, driving yeah. decision yep. makers. Jathan, you've been awfully quiet.
1: The thing is, it doesn't just become EOL. Like yeah, we know four years ahead of time when mm-hmm. CentOS seven is going out of support. Yeah. So if you sure. run into that deadline, then you're just a fucking idiot.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yes, yes you are. I mean or those yes, making
0: the policy are. decisions are idiots. It's not always your yeah. decision. But I mean yeah. it's
1: like obviously
0: you have a long time to plan for it. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the nice thing
0: about that about things like Salt and Ansible and I presume Chef and Puppet. I have never used either Chef or Puppet, so I, I can't speak to those directly, but with Salt it's really easy in Salt and to a lesser extent Ansible you can filter and create different conditional tasks, you know, procedures to run based on the version of the operating system, for instance, or the version of software. So yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We're doing it. It gives you
0: plenty of time to roll that into your change management, into your config management rather. Absolutely. And so I, I highly recommend doing that. You know, don't just sit on your ass for four years and then one day wake up, Oh, it's EOL, you know, work towards, being ready for that because then it's it's just reinstall done well Well, reinstall run the agent done
1: the whole point is if you have let's just say four years of lead time there Mm -hmm. make it an every six month or even yearly conversation Uh maybe right now today you say okay we have four years do we want to take this on right now well we have xyz going on we have this investor who's coming on board it might create some kind of friction let's not do it now okay we're going to revisit this exact same conversation in six months. Mm-hmm. Maybe in six months. Uh, yeah, things are pretty light right now. The developers are, you know, they just closed out this project. They've got some bandwidth. Maybe now we should start testing on CentOS 8.
0: I will like, say that's very unlikely. For Real. I agree, but it for, doesn't for make testing, it wrong. Yeah, no, it doesn't. For testing, you maybe have a better chance. Like, look, this is when EOL hits. This is how much time we need to be ready for it. So here's when mm-hmm. we need to start getting ready for it and then that way you can have your config management shit done and developers can have their test beds ready to go and they can start working on that so you can follow that timeline. but yeah like I don't think it's good it it would be a wise idea to approach that conversation that you were talking about Jaython with the mindset of can we roll out early because you can't nobody will let you yeah no
2: there's (laughs) there's always going to be an issue where you can't roll no we can't
1: roll out this this, this early but I
0: think as long as you're approaching it with I don't know uh, about that Well, maybe in smaller companies, but... Yeah, okay, so
1: at my my previous employer, Mm -hmm. which was, yes, a smaller... (laughs) Very small, yeah. But, I mean, there are some Red Hat 8 boxes floating around there because things worked that we needed to stand up there. Right. And there was no reason not to. It was just like, well, this is obviously going to have a longer lifespan than something on Red Hat 7, and it will work, so we Mm -hmm. may as well do it. Well,
0: and then Red Hat... Eight point release kind of got canceled so yeah well you know, so there's there's that but not your problem well nobody should. would have predicted that though right yeah that's true mm-hmm. but the that's part of why you hold off on it because you know that they're not they're very unlikely to break their eol for an existing release
1: oh yeah you know? i don't think
0: they would ever write. so it is you know i'd say it's smart to stick to what you know and have but prepare to switch for me, I think it's I think you guys really touched on the key things as to when to upgrade. Obviously, upgrade if you need to for the two key key mm-hmm. things we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it is a good idea to upgrade when you I don't know how to put this. I guess when you ha- when you come to the point where your infrastructure is so flexible that you're able to do rolling upgrades. Mm-hmm. Because then I would say there's no real reason not to if you have that redundancy in place and you know your infrastructure, your farm, so to speak, can handle it. I would say there's no real reason against rolling that out because, again, you've got conditional things with your change, man- your config management and things like that that would allow for that. And then like Peyton was talking about a little bit, that does give you the chance to kind of test it live, so to speak. I shy away from maybe directly recommending that yeah i would not yeah, yeah but it does Absolutely. i mean it, it does give you a route where it's not this overwhelming weekend project or like week long more more accurately where you're in a scramble to you know re-image all these machines to the next point release up or whatever so mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah i agree with that i mean if you so i'm of two thoughts or, or two schools of thought Two spirits that. obviously if some Sure. If something works, you should try to, you know, maintain stability. especially if it's like a mission-critical app, but in reality, I mean, having uptime is great and well and fine and dandy, but if you have uptime, you're not necessarily patching or solving issues, you know? So, I mean, I feel like if a system needs to have stability, then obviously, you know, you're not going to put it on a point release or, you know, a rolling type of, of architecture or what have you. But I think there are other systems like, you know, web servers or whatever that you could absolutely keep on some sort of, you know, rolling system, some sort of upstream or whatever to make sure that you're on top of, of any security mm-hmm. issues without having to worry about, you know, I don't know, I lost my career but basically I feel like stability is a two way street, you know? Yeah, I can keep my server up for 900 days, mm-hmm. but it's going to have all the zero days on it, you know. Or I can have I can have an hour of downtime a month or every 2 months or whatever and have all the patches. Mm-hmm. Like there's a nice mixture there where you can have your uptime and ha- you know, you could have your cake and eat it
0: too. Yeah, we've been you know, we've been taking a lot of time to-, to talk about like OS releases. But here yeah. like we we've, we've what, been totally I mean, disregarding even- like past releases for the actual software. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know
1: what? Yeah, we also, yeah, you know, we talked about this super linearly. Mm. In that we were talking about migrating from one version of an operating system to another linearly. But what we didn't
0: talk about is you mean linearly? What did Linear- I say? Linearly.
2: Linear- lin- lin- linearly.
0: Linearly. Lin- whatever. <laughs> no, he said
2: linearly. He said linearly. Oh, I heard
1: linearly. Well, okay, whatever. Oh,
2: you heard wrong. I've had nineteen point
1: <laughs> two ounces of mountain time goat piss. <laughs> now um <God>
0: <laughs> the new mountain dew
1: now the thing the is we <laughs> didn't and i'm not saying we should go here with this conversation mm. because we've already been talking for a while but it's something to think about that we haven't touched on is what if you're on something like solaris mm. yeah yeah and you're thinking about moving to linux that's a totally different conversation potentially. oh yeah
0: yeah that's i mean that's a well, huge jump uh, yeah. no kidding Tell me about I, it. I mean, I can
2: I can tell you when we moved from JBoss 6 to JBoss 7, I mean, that was that was a huge jump for us. Mm-hmm. That was beyond. And that was
0: even within the same product line. Like, Right. Forget, right. like, the, the totally different, from... you know, kernel or...
2: Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, the, the differences from 6 to 7 were, I'm not a developer, mm-hmm. so I, I was 100% on whatever they were doing, but they had struggles. I would Developers say. were was. doing like
1: cocaine. Payton said, I'm not on that. <laughs>
2: I'm definitely not on Coke, but I mean they couldn't just, you know, undeploy and deploy into JBoss Seven. They they had to rewrite a lot of their applications yep. to work with JBoss Seven because it changed just it just changed things from six to seven. Like that was that much difference, right? So I mean to not talk about OS, to talk about like, an application, you that's why you have to have testing. That's why you have to be able to say, okay, I need to bring down this application. I need to upgrade the application and see if it's going to work or not. Like, you know, like, so testing is, I think is the most important aspect of any sort of thing, whether it be an app migration, an OS migration, you know, changing from BSD to Unix. I mean, you know, you have to test all these things because they may not work the way you want them to. Mm -hmm. Or at all.
0: On that note, or they may work very well. How many corporate environments do you guys think, like percentage wise, how many of them are still using Python 2 in production code? Way too many.
1: Way too many. I, like, Absolutely. At least I greater would, than Well, anything
0: thousand. greater than zero is way too many. It's end of life. But I would right. hazard a guess. It's probably around 60 to 70%. I was going to say 60 Yeah. It feels right, doesn't it?
2: I would agree with you on that. It's definitely more that. than half. Right. Like, mm-hmm. It's way it's way more than it should be. And like you said, anything greater than zero is, is too much. Yeah. And that's the that's the thing that bothers me too. Like the Calibre guy. He's like, oh, I'll just maintain yeah. it. Fuck you. You're no not you maintaining won't. all because of now Python 2. I have to 2. maintain I have to maintain Python two for your fucking application. Fuck you. Change that shit to Python three.
0: I don't care how hard it is. Do it. I am amazed you know? that distance, I don't care how hard it's
1: yeah. <laughs> I just I don't either. It's not <laughs> That's it how Peyton got fired.
0: I have a two part thing here. Nope. <laughs> I saw a discussion the other day about Arch potentially removing all of Python 2 from their repositories. And I like the idea. Okay. It's going to be a shit I love show. Are oh, you talking like... about Arch? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking about Arch.
1: Dude, Dude yeah. fantastic. That thread has turned
0: into such a shit show. It, it has. It has. And it would be a shit show if they did it. But you know what? Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to take a stick, like draw that line. Well, in the sand. I just think
1: that it's a waste of maintainer time. It is. It absolutely. But there is. are maintainers in that thread who are like, "But this is what I do."
0: Yeah. Well, like then, I don't know. Do something else. Work. Work with the Calibri guy. I guess I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: that finally got resolved. But it did, it, and that's it, and it, that that no. I'm with you did. because yeah, because uh, first of all, I just think it's a waste of cycles, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. Those people could be maintaining other packages, which I understand is volunteer time, so they should choose. But I also think sure. it just encourages people
0: to keep using it. It does, I would say. It does,
1: exactly, yeah. and that's exactly. the biggest I would, issue to I me. Agree
2: with that. Thousand percent, thousand percent. If I have to keep Python two on my computer because of Calibri or whatever, mm-hmm. well, fuck, I'm going to go ahead and keep writing in it. I mean, I've got it there; I might as well. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, I don't really have that philosophy, but that's. I can guarantee you that's the thought that some other people have. Yeah. And it's like, no, stop that. Bad dog.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
2: So, I think that what we need to say is keep an eye on when things expire mm-hmm. and try to be ahead of the game on that. Yeah. You know? And if you can't maintain it, pass it up to somebody else. Yeah. Like, there's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, if the creeper guy had said, hey, you know, before he... Did finally transfer over. If he'd said, Hey guys, I need some help, you know, transferring this over to Python 3, can you guys give me a hand? I think the entire community would have been like, Absolutely, let's go. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, maybe. I, I mean, it's it's pretty much the only option you have for ebook management on Linux. So right. I have a hard time believing right. that nobody that would. Nobody would have helped. Yeah. I thought that I, that I, finally I, got resolved, though. It did. It did. It did. As it did. of 5.0, it, Calibra is now on Python 3. Okay. Okay. Thank goodness.
2: But my whole argument is, he's like, I'll just maintain Python 2, and the whole community is like, what? You yeah. know? And, and that's where I'm coming from. Like, obviously, he's changed it over, but this should never have been an argument in the first place. Like, yeah, you know, be aware of what you're doing. You know, that's like the Security Now guy still using XP <laughs> two years ago. Mm-hmm. What the hell, man? Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about, about somebody using something stable for a long time, the Security Now guy was... He, I was watching, listening to his podcast like three years ago. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah, I just finally secured all of my XP systems." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, you're a security guy and you're still using XP in the knock?" What in the knock? Yes, yes.
0: For those uh, so, listening who may not know and may be new to the industry, knock is network operations center. It's where all the blinky lights are.
2: All the blinking lights. All the
0: blink. Das blinking lights. Yes.
2: Das blinking lights. And usually you're going to find surly people on there that have the lights down low. Is that what's a plural
0: of uh, form of DOS? Is it dare? Dare blinking lights? Fuck if I know. No,
2: I think it's DOS. We need a I German. Think it's still just
0: DOS. We need a German. We, did you just say we need a German? Yeah. All right. Be right
1: back. Let me call up a German. <laughs> <laughs> just tweet about it. <laughs> so thought, podcast do you remember when you
0: accidentally defended Hitler? I did not. You did. It's in the show notes.
2: <laughs>
0: what? Uh, the masculine
2: yeah. is "der," the feminine is oh, die, the neutral das, d. and the plural is d. d.
0: D, yeah. Okay, okay.
2: Yeah, d. So the plural is d. D blinkenlights. D blinkenlights.
0: Yeah, well, anyways, think, that's where they are.
2: I mean, das lights is still... It sounds better, doesn't it? you that? still say that. Yeah. It does. It does a little bit. But I'm not German, so please don't, you know, mm-hmm. uh, take my word as a salt here. Yeah. But... I mean, really the, the thing about all of this is, is this shit is hard. Like you've got to deal with people coming up to you. Hey, I forgot my password. Mm-hmm. You've got a hard, a failed hard drive on four or five. You've got a server that's showing red lights on in the data center. And then you've got to worry about all your OSs and all your applications and your software to run those applications, whether they're out of date, whether they've got security vulnerabilities, whether they've got zero days, you know, like all these things and how do you how do you manage all that time like you've got to have a team that's just doing os verifications at some point especially if you've got you know how we can over 100 you know
0: how we can sum up this entire episode guys don't use any computers
2: Patch your shit.
0: Patch your shit. That's what I was looking for.
1: Thank you, Payton. Use Signal. Use Tor. Use Signal. Use,
2: signal, use tor. <laughs> Nothing oh, uh, to do with. get if they
1: can't get to your shit. Doesn't oh. matter if you. It's been
2: banned in China. Free Hong Kong.
0: Yeah, free Hong Kong. I mean, honestly, I'm surprised it was not banned yet. Because, duh. Yeah, but right. But the that that does bring me to my closing remark. Okay. If you have a system that you absolutely cannot update. If you want to be my lover? No. If you have a system you absolutely cannot update, air gap. Air it. gap. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And if it, Only if it choice. needs network to do what it does, you're fucked. Well,
1: not well you can just have your.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you can could VLAN your, it and stuff, your, but well, you really V-Lan should.
1: Have a, it, it could have a dedicated firewall.
0: Yeah, but you really should. Or you really can just have should. your
1: technician come in and, and plug it to
2: the internet. You, you, know, you the, really the, should the, just air updates. gap it oh.
0: at that point, though, if you can. I uh, agree. Yeah. Okay, but Python. Yeah. Uh-huh. If I have forty-five systems, forty-five, like a record, like the number, and they're all on CentOS seven, is the loneliest number. except a third of them, they're on CentOS eight. I thought
2: one. Was loneliest How many number.
0: servers are on CentOS eight?
2: Seventy-five million. No, that's incorrect. I'll get it one of these days.
0: Japha, sixty-two. Are you? Are you? I'm still
1: thinking about the record player. Are,
0: are you? calculating? He's calculating. <laughs> it's fifteen. Yes, J-Thon. Now, if those servers were mollusca, <laughs> if they were clams, clam AV. <laughs> yeah, if they're if they're all running clam AV, how many clams do you have? At oh. least ten. I don't know. This thing is a lot of memory. <laughs> you are so close, Japheth. You're almost there. Come on, fifteen. You can do it. Virus scanners. No,
2: virus scanners.
0: What? I'm trying so hard to hold it together, you guys. I just sometimes I can't. What, what did you, you, you know
2: what? Man. You know what, Brent? Mm. I, I I think you're doing a great job. Yeah. You know, just just take a deep breath, mm. and he'll he'll figure it out eventually. <sighs> Woo, saw.
0: Woo, saw. Fifteen clams. Thank you, J Thon. Jathan, what are your fifteen clams?
1: <sighs> uh-huh. So I recently have alright, so when I used to work in an office still before the pandemic, I was somebody who always had a written to-do list. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now Can I know we we've talked not now. No, so when I came home I just kind of stopped doing that. Part of it is that for a long time, when I started working from home, I didn't have a proper desk. Mm. Now I do have a desk, but it's still not really the size of a proper desk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like a, a big desk the size of a small desk kind of thing.
0: Um, I, like a big boulder the size of a small boulder?
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. A small boulder the size of a large
0: boulder. Oh, right, but, right, um,
1: yeah. So... You know, at my my old job, my work desk was huge. And I just had this spot that naturally... That's I just, what she said. I so could put the my, size
0: of 17 washing machines? I
1: could put my planner and it just worked. And that was great. But anyway, mm-hmm. I digress a little bit. So I stopped kind of tracking my to-do list in such a way. And recently, I kind of wanted to get back into it. And I know we've talked about Task Warrior before on the show. And that oh, yeah. is what I'm using currently to track my stuff for work. And it works fine for me. That's great, whatever. But I also started to become interested in this concept of time tracking, time traveling, time tracking, time traveling. So and you know, anyone, there are some like, people. There are some people who track their time because they have to. Like they, me? they're built, uh, they, or they're they building bill. somebody by the hour yeah. because they're contractor, whatever. So they so have me? like a special program that tracks all their movements and stuff like that. Like I'm not interested in that kind of draconian craziness, but I'm just generally kind of interested in the concept of time tracking. So I decided that for at least a week, I was going to force myself to keep track of how I was using my time at work specifically. Mm. And this led me to find that the people who made Task Warrior have
0: something called Time Warrior, Uh which is basically like a command line time tracking client. And I'll link to some other uh, alternatives I, I gave Zaython in this show Yes. Yeah,
1: but I mean, it can actually interface with Task Warrior. So when you start working on something with Task Warrior, if you have it tagged and all that, it will translate that into your Time Warrior tags and all that. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Case in point, I don't think it's something I will stick with long term. I don't think it was greatly insightful. He but there like were like Well. Wasn't a fan. I didn't. Wasn't a huge fan. If I could automate it some, I'd be more into it. Like, if I could have it automatically tell when I'm, like, in a meeting because I have Zoom open or something, I would be more inclined. Uh But the thing is, if I missed the start and stop times for an event, I was not likely to go back and fix it, so I knew my numbers were not right. Mm. But there were some things I was really diligent about in particular. So, one thing is, we have on-call weeks where I work now. And so I wanted to know, when I was on-call, how much time was I spending during the course of a week doing on-call things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was kind of insightful just to see oh wow my on-call weeks I'm actually spending like 35 to 40 percent of my week doing stuff that I wouldn't have to do any other week so that gave me some perspective like because we operate on an agile sort of framework mm-hmm. which I also don't love but that's not what this is about but you know so I have a certain number of tasks and a certain number of points assigned to them and I I've been averaging a pretty steady workflow. You know, it increased some when I started to get my bearings at my new job and stuff. But since I've kind of found my way around and stuff, I've pretty consistently been doing the same amount of work per that system every week. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. I don't believe in really tracking people's time like this anyway. I think Agile works for some development teams and environments, but I think for operations it's stupid because I'd say you have an emergency then, that comes up. What?
0: I'd say even then for most it doesn't.
2: Well...
1: I don't know.
0: Plenty of people are doing it, so That doesn't make it right. But anyway. Right.
2: It doesn't make it right. So the whole thing is
0: actually. Uh Uh-huh.
1: The whole thing is, you know, that was one thing though, is like I could expect that I should do probably about two-thirds of my normal ticket work, you know, during my on call weeks, because on call takes up maybe a third of my time that I would otherwise be using. So, you know, that was kind of interesting. But the other thing that I found is how much time I spent doing documentation was another thing I tracked very closely. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that I'm actually, I already am under-documenting. Like, for the things I'm developing and working on, I'm not writing enough documentation.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Is it over or under 50%?
1: Of my time? Yeah. It's like 5 to 10%. Wow, okay. But it makes you kind of think. Like, I started thinking, like, what if I just had one day of the week you know twenty percent of my week to just do documentation like what if that's all I did on Fridays was document everything I worked on that weekend
2: that's what Friday is supposed to be anyway
1: so yeah well read only Friday yeah, yeah, but I mean it's not always like that it, everywhere it really and right that. yeah <laughs> yeah so but I mean, it just got me thinking about like what if I was a manager you know like oh, ideally God,
2: thought.
1: yeah ideally though I mean I should be really thinking about that like when I hire somebody, I should make it clear to them that like I know in my brain, they're not going to be with the company forever. They're going to want to leave or move on. Or we should just Mm -hmm. assume that they won't always be there. Therefore, I want them documenting their work. Therefore, I should make sure that they have a sufficient amount of time to document their work. And what does that actually look like? Now, for different people, it might be different. And for different types of documentation, different projects and stuff like that. But I don't know, it was just it was insightful, but not in the ways that I thought or had hoped, I guess. You know, I was really hoping that it would give me some kind of uh mechanism for sort of determining how to be more productive because I don't know I will say I have a lot less fires to put out at my new job which Ooh. is a good thing
0: mm-hmm. right
1: my stress levels are definitely lower I spend a lot less time working like I work more of a normal week now which is good yep but I also I have become so accustomed to being driven by the constant need to do things that there are some weeks when I feel like it's really hard to like chill out keep. Well, not to chill out, but to actually be productive as much as, like, could be or should be, you know? Because it's, like, not everything is a fire.
0: Right. So then you don't know how to prioritize everything else. Well,
1: I don't know how to prioritize it. And it's just like, oh, well, I don't have to do this today because it's not actually broken. It's just, like, what normal people should be doing.
0: Right.
2: What's the saying? What's the saying? If everything's a fire, nothing is?
1: Yeah, pretty much. And that's... How My old job was. I mean, everything was always fucking breaking. I mean, it's exhausting. Mm. Like, no I don't kidding. know how you
2: handle that, you know?
1: And that's the thing, too, is like, I'm not sure how much of me is still kind of recovering from that burnout, honestly.
2: That's going to be a while, J-Don. I really feel like you're going to be recovering from that for a lot, much longer than you
1: think. Like, I only took a week off between my jobs, and I really feel like I could have taken like three months. Yeah. <laughs> you, you
2: probably could have. You probably could have. You probably. You probably, let me rephrase that. You probably should have.
1: Mm. Yeah. Like I'm just getting back to the point now where I'm starting to actually want to do like computer things for personal projects. Right. (laughs) Like I don't resent my fucking laptop at eight (laughs) o'clock at night. Right. Yeah. So anyway, eh, not like a super insightful thing necessarily, but I thought it was an interesting experiment. I may try like another week, you know, in another month or two when I've been at the company even longer. I have a better sense of what's going on. You know, I'm more proficient at the things that I'm doing on a regular basis just to see how those numbers shift around and stuff like that. But I'd be curious about
2: that as well. I guess
1: that's kind of my my 15 clams. is like I would not recommend time tracking as an all the time thing unless you're somebody who really finds benefit from it. But if you've never tried it, just really commit to doing it for like a week or two and see what kind of interesting things come out of it. Hmm.
2: Now, hold on a second. Let me ask you this. When you're talking about time tracking, like, how diligent were you? Like, how deep did you go? Did did you, like, I did 15 minutes of documentation here? We had to go deeper. (laughs) Yeah. Like, how deep did you go in that? And I know we're, we're like, an hour and 20 minutes of the ride or whatever, but.
1: It was basically um, from 9 to 5, like, when I was working during the course of the day, I tracked everything I did, and I tagged it. So documentation had a documentation tag, and then if it was also associated with a given project, I gave it that project tag. Okay. So, like at the end of the week, I might have documentation, you know, Red Hat 8 migration, Mm. just to pull from our episode as a topic, right? And then I might also have documentation, you know, salt stack improvements. Okay. But I also kept track of things like okay, I go get a cup of tea twice a day. How long am I actually taking to do that? Because sometimes you get up, you go to the kitchen, you do a couple dishes. I thought you were going to say
0: you do a couple lines. No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But but I didn't have Coke on the brain. What the hell, Brent? Are you trying to tell us something? I think that's... you a I think I... Where did
0: my voice go? All of a sudden, I lost my voice. I don't
1: know. Where did it go? But the whole thing is... The whole thing is, I actually... You know, most days, yeah, (laughs) it was just
0: like, go get a cup of tea and whatever.
1: But, like, there was one day when it was like, my tea break ended up being like 40 minutes of my day. Right. Because I went and I got distracted and I pet the cat and I peed and it was just like... Time I never would have ever thought about. Like it's just something you do. Now, again, that's kind of why I don't like time tracking, because I think you should afford yourself that time in the middle of the day if that's something that you want or need.
2: Well, but if it were
1: forty minutes for every day, minutes of all of a sudden by the end of the week, you're talking about like almost five hours.
2: Well which is I, kind of I a really lot. I really feel like, you know, there's this mentality in the United States, and I don't wanna I don't wanna derail us too much on this, but mm. I feel like there's a mentality in the United States that if you're not at your desk from nine to five or whatever your schedule is, you're not a good employee. And that's ridiculous because the human body is really not designed to sit in one spot for eight hours and not have to do something, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's much more reasonable to say, okay, every hour, get up and walk around for 10 minutes. And if you do that, you'll spend 80 minutes walking around, Right. you know? Yeah. Right. And so you taking a 40 minute tea break, isn't, in the long run, isn't really that big a deal, because you know, you're not getting up every hour for ten minutes, you're getting up every, like, three or four hours for ten minutes, and so you're not actually hurting yourself, as far as that's concerned, if you do the whole ten minutes an hour thing.
0: And this this sounds like... Hold on. This sounds like bullshit, but... (laughs) 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 But I I promise it's true.
1: In his fucking
0: troll voice yeah i know right. i know i don't know what's happening it Sorry sounds guys. like bullshit Jeez.
2: sorry guys it sounds like bullshit <laughs> are you dying
0: no i'm not i just do you voice... want me to come give you mouth to mouth no definitely don't do that oh god no that's i don't god. know my voice just suddenly died for some reason that's
2: so weird it is that's so weird it's man. super weird i feel fine that's i don't know what's going man. on here oh my god what the hell <laughs> <laughs> Take another hit off the
0: doobie <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Okay. So it sounds like bullshit. But typically when I'm up and away from my desk, I'm still thinking. And I'm still like, yeah, you know, and like, especially with developers, they need that time to think. Yeah. If I'm trying to think about documentation, for instance, I'm doing a lot of thinking while I'm walking, thinking about things I still need to cover, stuff like that. Well, so, the
1: other thing is like, there were some, there were people in my past who... Perhaps took more notice than they should have that I often went out to lunch.
0: Uh-huh.
2: But there is nothing wrong. There is no. nothing wrong with leaving the office to go get lunch. No. Nothing. There's not. Anybody who tells you differently needs to sit on it and spend. That but is ridiculous. Also, force your employees to stay
1: at work. No, you can't even, I don't think.
0: But No, you, you can't.
1: The other part but of but it is, my point though is, I'm most days I would be walking out the door And one of my coworkers would be like, hey, you going to lunch? I'd be like, yeah. They're like, all right. They pick up their coat and come with. And guess what we ended up talking about at lunch?
0: Work. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Yeah, pretty much. So it's it's like – It's like a – And normally you wouldn't be talking about work or thinking about work when you ate lunch alone or whatever. So it is like an increase in productivity. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So you were actually being more productive,
1: Jathan. In some ways, yeah. So I think it's just important to keep those kinds of things in mind. Yeah. Anyway, TLDR, keep track of your time sometimes, see what it looks like. Find things that take more time than they should and find a way to streamline them. Find things that you're not giving enough time, like writing documentation, and make sure that you communicate that with your team. Like, hey, guys, I need more time in the course of a month to write documentation. Every other Friday, I'm going to be unavailable. I'm just going to write docs. You know, realistically,
2: whatever. Friday should be read-only Fridays anyway. Yep. That's my
0: opinion. Or, well, or technically be write-only, but, you know, you get the point. Wh- whatever. Alright, any closing whatever. remarks besides <laughs> patch <pass> your <laughs> shit? you signaling his tour. So-,
2: <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I want to just latch on really fast to what Jathan said. Like, if you're... Just because you're not at your desk doesn't mean you're not working. You're not thinking about work. You're still in gate... Your mental thought processes are still working. You know, even, like, there's the thought after work. So, I mean, realistically... Your boss should have that wherewithal or your, you know, whoever signed your check should have a wherewithal to know that, hey, just because so-and-so isn't at their desk doesn't mean they're not engaged in the job.
0: Right. Yeah. And right. That's
2: right. all. And if you're, an, a, it's if also you're important. a boss, then, you know, you need to pay attention to that shit as well, too.
1: Well, yeah, I was going to say, if you're a boss or even if you're just as a coworker, like, there's no, you should never look at one of your coworkers and be like, they're not doing enough work because you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Right, you have no idea what they're doing. I mean, it's one thing if you're working on like a collaborative project or something like that and you're clearly they're not pulling their weight, but like, you know, like I there's lots of other people at the same level as me at my company and you know, I have no idea what they do all day, but that doesn't mean they're not doing anything. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Uh, I I have people that I work with
0: too. I'm like, "What do you do?" Okay. Yeah. I think on that <laughs> note we're going <laughs> to we're going to end this show. This has been Minister. Yeah, I'm mute. I'm Jonathan
2: Here comes the goo!
0: (laughs) See you later.